<laughs> Do you want to be made well? Sounds like an obvious answer to the question. Doesn't everyone want to be made well, be whole? That's a good question, actually. So this past week, I was meeting with one of the priests who's going to be here over the summer. And if you don't know, over the summertime, I have a long break. It's more than a vacation. It's called a sabbatical. And so we have a number of really excellent priests from all over the diocese, all over San Antonio. They'll be here. They are better preachers than me. You will like them. But I'm coming back, so don't get too used to them. So, uh, the guy's name I was meeting with, his name is Mike. And he used to be the uh, chief, <laughs> the chief priest. He used to be the rector at St. Mark's, which is a larger church than this one and has um, a bigger budget and lots more programs. And Mike was going to come to the office around 2 o'clock. So because, and Mike's been retired for a long time, and I know him as a friend through other means besides church. But still, I was nervous because Mike has a, had a bigger church and more money. <laughs> and my palms are getting sweaty. Like, oh, I don't know. I better do this right. He knows more about church than I do. <laughs> Any case, while I was all nervous, I was printing out something on the printer for him, a piece of paper to take with him. And as I pushed print on the computer and the printer began printing, I realized that what I was printing, well, first of all, it was supposed to print one page, just the front page. And then I went on to something else, and then I heard the printer behind me. It kept going and going and going. It's like, this is not right. <laughs> well, the document has many pages to it. And I had printed off, I probably printed off like 10 pages. I wanted to make it stop, 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 stop. <laughs> And I couldn't get to the button fast enough to, on the computer to make it stop. So I just reached behind the, the desk behind me and I yanked on the paper tray and I yanked it away so it would stop printing. So that was happening. And then the copier, we have kind of a, a demonic copier machine. And as you know, when you want something to copy on the machine, as you, lots of people have known, the more nervous you are about having the copy come out right away, it has a little sensor in the machine and you know that if you really need it and want it right now, it will guarantee to jam in some impossible place and you'll never find it. So sure enough, the copier jam. So the printer went kind of sideways and the copier went kind of sideways and I went back in the office and now I'm really I'm nervous about the guy coming anyway. And I'm kind of flustered so I, I close up my laptop computer. I have a laptop. I close it up. And right as I'm closing it up, the cord gets stuck around the coffee cup. Now I need a new keyboard. Oh, so now I am just like, and I, turn, I take the laptop and I throw it upside down on the chair so it all will leak out and hopefully it will be okay. And I go to the bathroom and I get a wad of paper towels and I start mopping up the desk and now Mike, I know Mike's going to walk in like right now, hey Dave I'm here, how's it going? So, the truth is I have a, a, a funny habit 
It's not a good habit. But the habit is this. If I start with a negative thought, it can snowball and, or it can make another negative thought. And then once I have the next negative thought, it almost has a genesis of the next negative thought. And it all gets attached. It's like the magician who has that handkerchief that is, you pull it out and it keeps going and going and going and all these colors and colors. is like a long stream of negativity. And actually, it's in some quirky way, my thoughts actually have some actual effect on what happens. It's not just in my head. I can make things happen. If I have a negative point of view and I, I begin to get in this little circle of, a, a re relentless circle of, oh, it's going to be a bad day. Oh, I'm such a victim. Oh my gosh, everything is happening to me. And I get into a pitiful mode and a victim mode and a mode where, oh, like I am the most miserable person on the planet. And then, like as I said, it's not just in my head. I can, it actually creates the next negative thing. <laughs> if it wasn't the copy machine, well, then I made it the printer. If it wasn't the printer, well, then I made it the thing I dumped. I start going faster and faster, and then I get flustered, and that's what happens to me. And the question is, do you really want to be healed? Do you really want things to go better? Or do you want to keep everything attached like in a rope and one thing leads to the next thing which leads to the next thing? There is the most ironic thing. Sometimes we say we want to be healed. We say we want things to go well. We think we're putting our best foot forward. But sometimes I get lots of good things coming out of my negative thoughts. I identify with them. I become the person who now, I can tell you a sermon about it. I get lots of good sermon material for my negativity. But I also get to say to people during the day, oh, I had the worst day. Oh, things weren't going my way. I'm such a, oh, why does it always happen to me? And I become the center of this. Because here's, here's the funny thing. Your ego can go two directions. You can pump yourself up into this illusion that you're much better than you think you are, and you say you're great, you're great, you're great, and you identify with that, or you can go the other direction. It's very powerful to have e your ego identify with being the victim. There's some people, sometimes I do it, sometimes I love to be the victim. I love to be the one that's having the bad day. I love to be, because I get all kinds of pity for it, I get excuses for why I can't do things in my life because, oh, it's been such a bad day. There's a lot of mileage you can get out of being the victim in your life. Lots. So that's what I did this week. For these five minutes or ten minutes, <laughs> I played the role of the victim. At that point, I really didn't want things to go well. I didn't want to be healed. I had not suffered enough. <laughs> I wanted to sit on my mat and stay there and just say, oh, it's just going to be terrible. So 
here's a question for you. If this happens to me sometimes, and it does, and I did it for five or ten minutes this week, do you think it's possible to be in that uh, habit, that mindset of negativity and being the victim of circumstances for longer periods of time? Do you think you could do it for a whole day? I probably could. You could do it for a week. You could do it for a month. You could do it for a year. Some people, this is their primary way of being in the world. It's their primary way of being in the world. They see themselves as a victim of circumstance. They see themselves as always the one who gets the short end of the stick. And it becomes a way of life. So when Jesus asked him the question, do you, you've been there for 38 years, young man, sitting, waiting to get in the pool. Do you really want to be made well? Or do you kind of want to stay where you are? That's why it's a great question. Do you really want to be made well? Or, or do you have too much identity with being the victim to really want to get out of it? So I want to suggest to you that it's kind of a habit for lots of people. I'll show you some examples in the regular world around you. They come up oh, fairly frequently. <laughs> How many times do you have some friends that you get together with? Could be at church, could be at a bar, could be over a card game, could be anywhere. And you come in the room and you say, how's your day going? And they'll say, oh, just terrible. And there's that. There's some people, that's always their answer. Oh, it's been a rough day. It's been a hard day. And they'll say, well, and you say, what happened? Oh, well, the car broke. It had a big bill. And then you'll, you'll say, oh, that is so bad. I'm so sorry for you. And, they, and then they get all kinds of good, positive feedback from having a rotten day. <laughs> that's a, just an example. You can do it at coffee hour. You can do it at a vestry meeting. You can do it with me. I'll do it to you. I'll come in the office. Chris will say, my administrator will say, how's the day going? I'll say, oh, well, you know, one of those days. That just means I'm in a place where I'm enjoying the victim part. I'm enjoying the negativity. <laughs> and it's a hard habit to break. Sometimes people who are in 12-step groups or addiction groups, when they first get into the group, they're in dire need of breaking the cycle of addiction. And so, when they go to the meeting, they say, well, I am an addict. But sometimes along the way, after years and years and years of going to the same meetings, and they still say, I'm an addict, well, being the person in recovery becomes part of their identity. Becomes, I'm in recovery, and I've got all these reasons why I'm in recovery. My parents were bad to me, and my wife divorced me, and my dog died. It's not like a country song. And I became an addict. It's a great place to start when you go into recovery. It's a bad place to end. You want to actually move past the identity of I'm an addict and this has happened to my life and this is who I am and it'll always be this way. Sometimes it's pervasive even in our politics. I can't turn on the news. And someone will say, I've been the victim of big business or big oil or some big corporation. My life is ruined and it's all their fault over there. And I, have, I can't do anything about it. Or the flip side will be, 
I am a victim of big government. The government's gotten into my business, and there's nothing I can do about it. If only we could have a different government, then I would be happy. <laughs> both sides. One says, oh, it's a government. No, one side says it's industry. But they're both stuck in the victim mode. To be honest with you, I come from a democratic background. I vote democratic a lot. When Barack Obama got elected, you'd think I'd be happy for eight years. Nah, I can find something to bitch about. If Donald Trump gets, if Donald Trump gets unelected, is that going to be my salvation? No, of course not. I'll find something to be a victim about even after he's gone. You see how it works, you guys? It has nothing to do with your outward circumstances. It has everything to do about how you see yourself. So Jesus asked the question, do you really want to be healed? You've been here for a long time. Have you suffered enough? Or do you want to just sit on your mat any longer? You see, the problem is, when we have that a negative point of view, when we like the idea of being the victim of whatever it is, your family, or the politics, or of a drug, or of anything else, the traffic, the copy machine, the printer, when you're in that space, it, it acts like a block. Uh, a clog, a barrier between you and the presence of God, you and the Holy Spirit, you, because God wants to live through you, wants to empower you, does want you to get off your mat and walk. And yet, if we have that mindset and that belief system where I am a victim and I'm, I'm sorry for myself, God cannot get through. It's not that God isn't there, it's just that we make God ineffective. We limit God's possibilities because of how much we like being the victim. But in the end, in this story, <laughs> the man says, yes, I really do want to get better. I've been here a long time and I'm sick of being here. And I really do need some help because I can't quite get there on my own to get down to the water when it's stirred. I need a little help. Jesus says, great. With your intention of wanting to get better and with you not being the victim, but you just need a little help, I can help you with that. Now stand up. You get up. Take your mat and walk. And it happens. So, if you're looking for the presence of God in your life, you want to be a partner with God. You want to sense the presence of God in whatever you're doing. Be very careful not to step into the victim mentality or the, the mentality that says, everything's against me and I can never get out of this. Don't identify with it. You can have situations and challenges. Don't, I just, don't identify with them. Don't make them your whole identity. Like, this is who I am. Once you say, I am this and nothing else can fix me, well, God is going to have a hard time getting through. <laughs> Very hard time getting through. So, my practice now is this. Whenever I have one of those things pop up, those things, it might be a problem or something I want to be negative about, I don't just keep pulling it out and let one thing lead to another. I'm trying, <laughs> but I still do it. I'm going to try not to let one thing lead to another thing, lead to another thing, so that I get trapped in the sense of being a victim and a sense of being needy and helpless. I just want to take things one at a time. If the printer prints a thousand pages, okay. 
It doesn't mean anything else has to happen during the day. <laughs> if you get stuck in traffic, you're stuck in traffic. It doesn't mean the rest of the day is shot. It just means you're stuck in traffic. If you get the bill for your car repair and it's $1,100 and you go, oh my God, what's going to happen now? I don't know, but that's just one thing. It's not related to the next thing. <laughs> it's just a bill. You're still a child of God, still made in the image of God. The divine still dwells within you. You are not dependent on any external circumstances for your happiness. And in fact, the more you stay present in the moment, the more things do change. And God can work through you and God can be present to you in all kinds of ways of healing and restoration and uh, renewal. But not if I play the victim role or play the victim card all the time. God does want to do great things through you. He wants you to say, I have suffered enough. He wants you to say, yes, I'm ready to be healed and to move on. And yes, he wants you to pick up your mat and walk. I offer this to you in God's name. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.